this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast on the Bullpen Cart podcast feed is brought to you by our friends at Schneckbook. What's going on, guys? It's Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. Maddie D and I had Matt's brother Jack DeStefano on. He helped us break down the first college football playoff poll as it was released Tuesday night. We go through the top four teams. We go through basically the entire top 25. Look at who we like, who we don't like, how it affects basically the entire landscape of college football. It was a lot of fun to record. Jack stuck around and was our guest picker for week 10 in the NFL. Afterwards, Matt and I break down a couple of the other games. We do a little bit of a State of the Union with the Eagles at their bye week. It's a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. Let us know what you think in the comments. As always, though, make sure to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Search the bullpen cart. Find us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website, ThunderblogSports.com. But enjoy this week's episode, guys. Let us know what you think. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun Beat Tailgate Podcast, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. Joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matty D. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm better now that we have a special guest on with us for the, for the entire college football segment of this podcast. A first, by the way. Uh, this season, so we are excited to get his thoughts, and that is a a brother of mine, first time a family member's been on, my 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 good friend and brother Jack, uh, joining us live from New York, if you will. Um, full disclosure, he's a Penn State alum, and he may be a little biased, but he does know his college football, so I will give him a little credit there. Jack, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me. Of Thank you. Uh, a little biased, I guess, but uh, <laughs> I think I can stay objective when it matters. Well, and this this year you can be a little biased about your Nittany Lions because the rankings came out and they are they are correctly ranked at fourth at the moment. I really respect that ranking, and um, we're gonna get into it a little bit deeper. But I wanted to make sure you understand my stance because we go back and forth a lot on Penn State. So. Just to know, I think they're ranked properly, but I don't want to take all of Jordy's thunder here. Um, so just wanted to make sure I stated that to start. No, no, no. And I'm glad you, you kicked it off right in the exact spot we need to be in. First college football play, playoff rankings came out last night. We have two Big Ten teams, two SEC teams, the Big Ten sandwiching the big matchup of the weekend. Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, Penn State. Matt, since you uh, you let it off, you like Penn State at four. Do you like the other three spots where they are? No, actually. Well, okay. I, I, I like Alabama at three. I think that's the right spot for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually think it's disrespectful to LSU to put Ohio State over them. First of all, I'm not, that's not a disrespect at Ohio State. They've, they've beaten everybody they've played. They've been fantastic. But LSU has far more marquee victories this year including against some really, really good football teams. Um, and I think it's I think it's a little disrespectful to, to the Tigers to have them at two. Um, 
because to me, if they beat Alabama this weekend, they're going to be number one, but they should already be anyway. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think it it adds to putting a spot, only one spot between them, rather than having a space of one versus three. I guess two versus three probably sounds a little better. Ohio State putting maybe a little more pressure on them. They play Penn State in a couple weeks. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's something of that, of what I always refer to as the Joker from the Dark Knight theory of you need me need me to stay alive of a couple of those good quality wins LSU has, most notably Texas, have fallen off and some of the way, way, you know, mm-hmm. kind of connecting the dots of Texas's loss. They lost to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has the bad loss now to Kansas State. Texas plays Kansas State pretty soon. Kansas State has to, you know, really, you know, it, it kind of, the Big 12, I think, becomes a bit of a keystone while they're currently on the outside looking in. Obviously, they only have Oklahoma right now to... To really give them any sort of shot in it, they they come in at ninth, same spot they are in the AP. Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, I think after this week, I think whoever wins that game, actually, I don't know if Alabama wins if they get number one over Ohio State, but I think if LSU does, they certainly do. Yeah, Jack, what do you think? I mean, do you think Ohio State should be one, or would you have put LSU there as well? No, you know what? I, I would agree. I think LSU has three big wins, and they've looked the most impressive this year against quality opponents, especially in the SEC. Um, I get why they put Ohio State there. They have a good win against Wisconsin. They've looked dominant in every performance, but they just haven't had as much competition as LSU had. So I would have put them at two. Um, I think they got it right with Alabama and Penn State and Clemson. I know a lot of Clemson fans are mad about that. Um <laughs> I was a little confused because I feel like the logic they used to put Penn State ahead of Clemson, that they didn't, their schedule was weak, and even though they're blowing teams out, they're not, it's not impressive. That's kind of the same thing with Alabama. So I was, I get why Alabama's ahead of Penn State, and I think they should be, but it was odd to me to see the difference in ranking of Clemson and Alabama. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's something where there's a lot of, there ends up being contradictory stuff that the committee always ends up ha- having, especially with the first. Mm-hmm. This, the first poll is always crazy because they always talk about how they want to go week to week of rebuilding it from scratch and all of that. So you you don't know what logic they're coming into the new year going with because mm-hmm. you don't have they, you know technically you don't even have a poll to go off of even though they're kind of using the AP on that way. So that's a really good point. And I mean, yeah, I think Clemson out of it at five is right. I mean, I get they're undefeated. I mean, you could you could almost argue Georgia versus Clemson for five six. I think, but um, yeah, I mean well, they've. You, I mean, I guess to Jack's point though, and and I like I didn't even think of that, but and I, I mean Alabama's best win is Texas A and M, who by the way Clemson also beat. Yeah, by fourteen. So it seems like the entire Clemson issue revolves around that North Carolina game where they won, but you know, by the point late two point conversion. Mm-hmm. And but again, you got to win and. Georgia didn't beat South Carolina. Now, South Carolina is not a bad program. They're an SEC school, but you can't lose to you can't lose to South Carolina and be ranked ahead of an undefeated um, um, undefeated powerhouse like Clemson. No, I agree. The defending champion. So I do think that's yeah, but a little bit. But it's not supposed to. That's the whole point of the committee. Is it's not yeah. supposed to go to year to year. I know, but so it's there's hard. a reason that they had to fall back when you come up short to a team or almost come up short to North Carolina. I think it really speaks to how the, the views, the ACC that like, it's just not a good conference outside of Clemson. 
and they're going to go to the ACC championship game and play Pitt or Virginia, which that's a joke. And so I think it, it matters that – and they tried their best to schedule, like, good non-conference games, but it's just you yeah. can't you can't stumble. No. I will and... say this. The UNC game is a bad look, but they – the rest of their schedule, 52-14, to 24-10 against Texas A&M, 41-6 against a perceived good Syracuse team, 52-10, to 45-14. They're blowing and, everybody out and, the other thing is, it doesn't matter if you're Clemson because if you win out, you're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to be in. Right. That's yeah. the one thing but too. It does, it does mean if they stumble, even if they go twelve and one and win the ACC, they they probably don't get into the playoff because of that five ranking. Yeah, I think it's more of just a putting a team on notice type of situation. Again, it's it's weird to kind mm-hmm. of think of what their what their mindsets coming into. I like to think they try to price these these sort of things in. Obviously, Ohio State and Penn State, one team's going to take care of the other in a couple weeks. Alabama LSU is this weekend. So they're basically trying to price in not having to have, say, Bama or Penn State if they wanted to say, well, Penn State's in a different conference. We want to have four conference, the four perceived conference champions, Mm -hmm. if the playoffs started today type of thing. If they say put Penn State at at five or six because, you know, they have, you know, the Alabama, them versus Alabama, and they want to put a Big 12 and a in a Pac-12 or some or Big 12 and ACC team in there, you know they don't want Penn State to beat mm. Ohio State, and then all of a sudden they jump up to two. They want to kind of have that. Uh, that's where I always think they're coming from is that they want to they want to buy into it earlier than than later, give them the benefit of the doubt for those power conference teams because they certainly don't without a power conference teams. But I think they right. certainly they don't want mm-hmm. any sort of serious mm-hmm. shock, and also to build up the games themselves. Yeah. I think that's. We've seen that every year, that there's always one one matchup that's coming up in the first week of November, second week of November, that's between two teams that are in the top ten, or, or in this case, there's two top five, ma- top four matchups in the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So I, I will ask now, because this is where I, I like, the top of the ranking is fun to talk about, but I think where it gets interesting is is, is what happens after five. Oh, yeah. So we, we all know that any of the five teams in the top, if any of them run the table, they're in the playoffs. They mm-hmm. don't need any help, per yeah. se. So without us, without with, with, we're going to table the discussion of, of like Alabama, uh, LSU getting in as a one loss or Penn State or Ohio State getting in as a one loss. Do you – so af, after that, after that, is there – what, what teams can still make, in your opinion, can still make the playoff um, after number five? And Jack, I'll start with you. Why don't you give me like just just you look at the rankings. Where do you think it stops? I I think it stops at you said without help, correct? I I think it stops at Utah then because I think if and I guess you have to kind of decide how everyone in front of you does. Um, but I think if Oregon or Utah went out, especially Oregon, I think they get in the back end of that playoff, and that's assuming that. Um, LSU assume LSU wins um, and and Penn State wins of course against the like Ohio it. State okay. so uh, so say they're in so you have those two teams and then Clemson slides in I think it's very reasonable because at that point Georgia has two losses losing in the SEC championship game I think it's very reasonable if both of those teams win out and one of them wins the Pac-12 that they could slide into that fourth spot I just think with Oklahoma just given what I just laid out, they're just on the outside looking in unless there's some kind of chaos that goes on in front of them. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I would probably put it at Oregon, but I think Utah could have their could have their way in if there's some good game between those two teams. Oklahoma, I think, really needs a, it needs some serious chaos. Georgia plays at mm-hmm. Auburn in a couple weeks. That's gonna. I mean, you you would think Georgia yeah. knocks them off, but it, 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 I believe I'm double checking. Yeah, it's at Auburn, so who knows? That could happen. Iron Bowl always goes crazy, even though I think Alabama is a couple steps ahead of Auburn, as we've seen, mm-hmm. especially from that that LSU Auburn game. Um, and I think this weekend will probably give us a better idea of that. But uh, kind of to, to streamline it a little more, Florida, they're I mean they're they're out, they're a two loss team. But I think all the different ways the SEC could shake out if there is some serious chaos, there might be something in there. Um, Baylor, if they were to go twelve and zero, which they have to play both Texas and Oklahoma, you... that's probably why they're twelve. Think... Is, is they're thinking they're going to lose one of those games, in which case they're going to be out. Well, I there, would there think. are two teams outside well, of. The, I think out, there are two teams that can make it, like Baylor and Minnesota. Baylor and Minnesota, I, yeah, I are the two teams. If they're twelve and zero, Minnesota, if they're twelve and zero, Big Ten champion, they're in. I mean, that's really the the one. Oh yeah. I think they're, they're thinking that that's. So that there's it's a very tough game after this weekend. They're probably if they win, they get a huge jump um, with the home game. But you know, I think that, I think they're just I think they're showing that they're that they really need to be shown something else before. Uh, yeah, man, look, and, and they, they crown yeah, Minnesota, they PSU, they go Penn State, they go at Iowa, they at Northwestern, and they and then Wisconsin comes to town. Yeah, if they win out, which I don't think they will, but if they win out, they're in that. Even though they miss, well, because they're going to have to play Michigan or Ohio, probably Ohio State or Penn State in that final game in the in the championship game. Um, you'd assume it'd be uh, you'd assume it'd be Ohio State if with because they would have to they would yeah, they, be yeah. Penn, State, Penn State, uh, State so knock them out. You'd right, assume, right, right, right. and then you have two top four wins, and you beat Wisconsin and Iowa, and then that's that's a tough resume to beat. Right. I don't think it's going to happen, um, but yeah. You know, the other team that's kind of interesting, and, and I want to, like, we talked about Ohio State not having any quality wins. I, I don't think there's an avenue in for them. But the 7-1 and Cincinnati Bearcats, their only loss, Albert, a blowout, a 42 to nothing, is actually against Ohio State. But I just don't think, because they're not a major, in a, in a major conference, they're going to have any shot. But just like an interesting note there in the rankings, I thought that was kind of uh, no, nice that's a, to see them. That's a really good point, because there isn't an undefeated mid-major team now that, now that uh, SMU lost. So looking at who gets that that group of that group of five New Year's six bid, I think will be a really interesting story because it's it is going to. There. There's a lot of teams up there. Memphis is hanging around after that win over SMU. SMU's twenty fifth. Yep. Navy's Boise hanging State, around Navy. there. Boise State Navy's seven and one. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. A, it's something where where we've now seen there's been somewhat of a New Year's six gap bridge. Not enough for a playoff as we've seen. I mean. UCF a couple years ago aside. We've seen that, though, now in most years of, of how it's all gone, gone down. But I, the bottom of the rankings, like you well, said, I, Matt, it, it really adds an, an extra wrinkle to where the top ten, really in this case top eight, can and will yeah. go as the playoffs go. And I think it is telling that the Pac-12, outside of those two teams in Oregon and Utah, don't have a lot of teams hanging around. A lot of them are receiving votes in the... AP poll, they don't show the rest of the rankings for the college football playoff, but they're hanging right. around there, and, and maybe if they sneak their way back into some sort of conversation, maybe that helps out as well. But I think that is something that if you're if you're really going to you know peel the onion back and go a couple layers deep, 
that that's something you have to keep an eye out too. Because the Pac-12, or the Big 12 rather, they do have a couple teams hanging around in there and, and receiving votes. Texas, while they're out of the ranking, they find their way somewhere back in there. If they beat Baylor, you know, however it goes, you know, that could help out an Oklahoma case, all that good stuff. It could even help out LSU, uh, you yeah. know, in, in terms of seating and all that good stuff. Yeah, well, Jack, I want to I want to ask because you mentioned so you, to you a one loss Pac-12 team champion, Oregon or mm-hmm. Utah, most likely, you would have them in over Oklahoma, correct? Yes. Okay. Now, the only reason I bring that up because it's it because you you know Oklahoma's loss against Kansas State looks bad, but Kansas State's ranked. Kansas they State's theoretically good. Could could run the table. I just yeah, it's just interesting. I'm I'm more on your side, like Oregon in particular to me. You lose opening weekend neutral site. To yeah, they Auburn, lost. They lost on a walk off. Yeah, I mean, right. Like, yeah, I, that's. I, yeah, I would put them in over Oklahoma, but even though it's supposed to be a blank slate, blank canvas, Oklahoma has the pedigree. They've got the coach, the quarterback. You know, it'd be interesting to see if they would actually do that. So, to you though, it's eight and above have a shot. Just now, Georgia does Georgia, Georgia only has a shot if they win out and they win the 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 title, right? Yeah, they have yeah, to yeah. go eleven and one. Okay, who and I'll oppose this to both of you then? If the committee was going to pick a non-conference winner, non-conference team to be the fourth playoff team as they've done in the past, does it ha- Will it only be the loser of LSU Alabama? Hmm. Uh, like, do you I, think gonna... the loser of LSU Alabama could get into the playoffs though? I think I'm, if I want to say. Go ahead, Jordy. I think there's there's an outside shot that say, and really this is a real outside shot, but say Penn State loses to Ohio State in a close game, and then Michigan goes out and beats Ohio State. I th- Ohio State would get the tiebreaker, I'm pretty sure, because their Penn State and Ohio State would be tied, and they beat Penn State, and Michigan wouldn't have Michigan would have two losses. Or um, I think there though, if if it's something where Michigan beats Ohio State well enough. I think Penn State might have a way in there that they beat Penn State. They beat okay. Penn State beat Michigan at home, show that they were good. Not. I... Go ahead, Jack. Oh no, never mind, never mind. I was I was gonna say I thought you meant Penn State could sneak into the Big Ten championship game. No, no, um, no, no. They missed the Big no, Ten championship because they lost to Ohio State. But Ohio State yeah, goes yeah. out, loses to Michigan. They win the Big Ten, so they end up getting in. But but. There'd probably need to be some other chaos that goes around, but I think Penn State could fi- could find themselves could find themselves waiting for a phone call for the fourth seed. Yeah, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, there there's a scenario where the top four is the exact same top four that it is right yeah, now. I think so too. Uh, barring like if Clemson loses to like a Pitt or whoever they have left on their schedule. They're out. If Georgia drops one to Auburn, they're out. The Pac-12 cannibalizes itself. They're out. Um, like Oklahoma could lose another one. Baylor could drop one. They're out. And I think at that point, and that's obviously a lot of chaos, but it's not that far fetched given right. that given how close Clemson has a history of dropping games late in the season to bad teams. The Pac-12 is a history of cannibalizing itself and screwing itself out of a playoff spot. Same with the Big Twelve. There's a very real possibility where uh, LSU loses a close game to Alabama this weekend, Penn State loses a close game to Ohio State this weekend, and then they all four stay in. Yeah, I can I see mean, that. 
Clemson, Clemson does have number 19 Wake Forest on the schedule. It's worth uh, noting, too, they, go, they play South Carolina in their South last Carolina. game. South, South Carolina, Carolina lost to North Carolina, who who Clemson only beat by a point. Beat Georgia. Yeah. Oh, yeah, beat Georgia. It doesn't, yeah, yeah. Always make, doesn't always yeah. make sense. Thank but, you. <laughs> yeah, no, Jack, I think that's a great point. I mean, you're right. Theoretically, that those those four teams could all – honestly, if a couple teams lose, and you're going to see teams like Florida, Auburn, Wisconsin, Michigan, Notre Dame, which I hope not, but – other teams are going to rise up, but um, I, I do think the best, I, like I said before, I think the four teams they have at one through four are correct. I don't like the order, but I think they're the best four teams in the country. Um, so, yeah, that's important. Um, yeah. I don't know if Notre Dame, I mean, Notre Dame has two losses now, so I would think the committee, that's the other thing that I think we haven't really addressed that elephant in the room, that they're so afraid of a two-loss team getting in, that if there's something crazy well, like that. But, to me, though, Notre Dame does like Florida, and I'm not a big yeah. Florida Florida is the two loss team that would get in. I think. I mean, LSU, Georgia, or Auburn. Those are their two yeah, or losses. Auburn. Auburn, yeah, Auburn as well. Right. Yeah, if, those are, uh, yeah. Are interesting teams that could kind of rise as two loss teams. I think an SC. I think the, the best chance the two loss team has is an SEC two loss. Team. Yeah, I would. I would think so um, too. Oh yeah, I problem, agree. The problem for Auburn though is they play Georgia and Alabama, so the chances of that if they're a two loss team, they're they're probably in the playoffs. Go- Although I honestly, I don't know if Alabama loses to LSU at home, and it, even if it's closer, if it's not, then and then even if they go out and beat Auburn, their best and only win is an Auburn team that could lose right. another game yeah, before be, then and drop pretty far there. Could have four losses like, in the SEC. I get, yeah, and I but I get LSU being there because they have those wins. I just don't know if an Alabama would, especially losing at home as a favorite, um, and like to the extreme, if LSU just blows the roof off the place, then, but I don't know. I think Alabama's in a precarious spot right now. Yeah, that's that's a. I agree, Jack. That's a, good that's point. a very good point. Yeah. Hey, I do want to ask too. So we haven't really. Well, first of all, I think at some point, Jordy, and hopefully we'll have Jack maybe back on to do this. I'd like to rank um, a 16 playoff and an 18 playoff. I like that. Closer to the end of the season. I'd like that. Um, that's kind of a fun exercise to do too, to kind of see what would what we make sense. Because I've I've petitioned for the 16. You're more more on board with the 18, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I'm all for eight. I think eight I... is fine. Play the the quarterfinal round, like the week of Christmas. If you're really that right. into having the semifinals, Jack, where do you be fall? New Year's. So. I actually I like the four. I think it makes the entire season more valuable. Every sure. game matters. You can't slip up. So I think it really does leave the best teams playing for it. Where with an eighteen playoff, maybe you get like a SMU or someone, yeah, someone sneaks, sneaks in, in. And, yeah. and it's like that's cool, but then it's not the best team. Um, the one thing I did see that I did like was an eighteen playoff, and the first round. Uh, the higher seeds all had home games. So like back on their campus, because I can, I've been to the, like I've been to the Penn state whiteout the past two years now, and it would be that craziness times 10 for a playoff game up there. Right. And anywhere like Alabama, Clemson, these places would be going nuts. It'd be the incredible atmosphere. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Jack, I'll ask because I don't think we, we kind of went through this a little bit, Jordy. But do you have a Heisman Trophy winner right now? I think it's Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow? Yeah. 
I think he's I'm sorry, good I, missed, teams. I missed the question. Heisman winner, if you have one right now. Heisman, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's got to be Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, he's... He's put up that, the best stats and what people say is the best conference, so... It, it, well, I think the I think the Florida game. I think right now is his signature moment. They're down in the second half. He steps up big. I think that's huge. I think this weekend, obviously, as we've seen, with a lot of different, you know, SEC Heisman candidates, most notably Leonard Fournette, going into the Alabama game as a heavy favorite and then put up a dud. So if he does that this mm-hmm. weekend, that could easily kiss his chances yeah. goodbye. But you could say that about you could say that about Justin Fields. You could say that about. Jalen Hurts, and you could say he might have already done it against South against uh, Kansas State a couple weeks ago. Or if he can have that like uh, Johnny Manziel in twenty twelve against Alabama type of game, yeah. he could win. He could win the Heisman like right now. And yeah, all he has to really do is just point. put up good stats the rest of the year, and he'll he'll walk away with it because everyone will remember that like one whatever play he pulls off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that'd be insane if there was another like another little yeah. juggle ball. Yeah. Uh, before we move over to picks, I want to ask another question we haven't asked yet. I'm, Jordy, I don't even brought this up. Right now, you're an NFL owner, and you have nobody on your team. So it's basically just your big board. Jack, Jack and Jordy, is there a player out there right now that you think is the best player and should be drafted number one overall? Ooh. Is there a guy? Uh, and, I, and I'll preface that with this. Mel Kuyper's big board when the year started in college football, the number one overall player was Jerry Judy of Alabama. That was his overall number one. No needs, you know, no needs or thought. That was his number one. Hmm. I would probably, I mean, I think Jerry Judy's a good one. I think it right now it's Chase Young. Oh, I couldn't, okay. Yeah. Yes. We're on the same page. Yeah, He's that's probably the answer. He's been unreal for Ohio animal. State. He's, yeah, and it's a sh- it's it's going to be interesting to see because there's going to be some bad team in the NFL this year that has a quarterback, and they're going to sit there and pick up Chase Young whenever else is looking for Tua or Joe Burrow, whoever else. So, yeah, the starting from scratch is what threw me because they're in real. The real answer mm-hmm. could be could be Chase Young, just just because of that reason. Yeah, I I, I think he's really good, man. I, I it's amazing that they went from Nick Bosa to him. Like, yeah, I, I hate Ohio State. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to hide. Joey to Nick to him, right? There was no, there was no, again? there was no lag between the two Bosa brothers. Was Joey to Nick to him? Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, huh? Did that? pretty no, maybe a year. I'm there, might be a year. Okay, I think. yeah. Kind of forget how old Joey Bosa is. So, that was kind of. He might have, a, did Nick Bosa redshirt? He might have. Yeah. He might. We also remember he got injured midway through last year. Yeah, he, he sat out like, for half of last year. Right. He had like an abdominal mm-hmm. injury, which clearly hasn't slowed Core down. Injury. No, well, he did it at the time because he was like, I'm going to go number two overall. I'm not playing. Yeah. He didn't He didn't <laughs> care. He, he, he was probably there for the national championship in 2014, so he was like, yeah, I'm good. Why not? Right. Um, I think that's a good like, that's a good conversation that we'll obviously I like to talk about. Oh, yeah. Guy. But, um, I think we'll move on to picks, G. Yeah, let's move on. Let's head over to picks. Uh, we don't need to intro Jack. This is uh, Jack is a little inside baseball for you. Normally, we record the pick segment beforehand, so Matt and I know what to discuss or tease during the college segment. But we don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. So we're already on. We already talked about all the good college stuff. But let's start. Normally, we do the NFL first, but since we're on the subject of college, 
We'll start with our college picks. Do one college pick, five NFL games. We're going to go Matt, me, you, Jack. So, Matt, lead things off with your college pick, my friend. Yes, we, we kind of had a discussion about some of these dark horse teams that could potentially, like, beyond the top five, eight teams that can make it in. One of the teams we discussed was the Baylor Bears. Ooh. are undefeated at number 12. Uh, but they are visiting TCU, and they're only a two-point favorite. And I actually think this is where their, their Cinderella road ends before they get to the big slot. Uh, and they fall to the Horned Frogs at, you know, in, at TCU uh, in Knoxville out of the unbeatens, one of a number of schools who will not be unbeaten after this weekend. Um, so I like the Horned Frogs to upset the Baylor Bears um, in a Big 12 showdown. All right. All right. I like that. The over-under set at 47.5. Five years ago, that over-under was like at 75. Crazy how the yeah, time goes. Yeah, I know. Well... TC, look, and I love Baylor. Matt Rule's a great coach, so I feel bad in making that pick. I just, there's a reason they're not a top 10 team, at, even though they're undefeated in the Big 12. Like, I just just have to throw it out there. No. Uh, so I'm up next. I know uh, Jack is not going with his his alma mater, the Penn State Nittany Lions, but I will. It's minus seven. It was minus six at, when the lines opened up last weekend. But uh, the fact that it's only moved a point, I don't know if that's just saying that a lot of people are hammering Minnesota, which I don't know why you would. I think Penn State, their defense, will stifle up the run game that Minnesota can show. I don't think their defense is going to be good enough to stop a Penn State team that that can put up points at will against perceived good defenses. We saw what they did to Maryland when they had that Friday night game where Maryland canceled class and all that good stuff, and their defense put up the – as Matt mentioned, the perceived 0-5 in ACC play, Syracuse Orangemen. Uh, so I like Penn State to blow out the Golden Gophers and their night game fearing 11 a.m. Central Time game. I like the pick. I like the pick, Jordy. Um, and someone, had, with... someone, had to, someone had to do it for you, Jack. That's two unbeatens down. <laughs> All right. And uh, one of the last will fall here with LSU-Alabama. I know uh, I heard news today that Tua was practicing. It looked like he looked likely to play. And uh, Alabama at home is six and a half point favorite. And it's tough to pick against Nick Saban and the Tide in these big games, seeing as they're eight and zero in the last eight games against LSU. But I really <laughs> believe this is LSU's year. I think Joe Love Burrow it. and that entire team, Coach O, is going to have them. Ready to play. And I think if you look, Alabama, a lot of people have been just giving the eye test for a lot of this ranking. And I think similar to um, Ohio State, even though they're good, I think they're a little overrated in how good people think they are. And LSU walks out of Tuscaloosa with the W and the number one overall ranking. I love it. I love that pick. Jack, Jack, in our preparation session – you know, before we started the podcast tonight, you said that's the game you were going to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even hesitate, and I circled you to pick LSU. I, I knew that's it. where you were going. And I think I think it, it you know, regardless of what the outcome is, and I, I'm back and forth on the game itself, I wouldn't put any money on it. I do think it's Joe Burrow's Heisman moment, as we talked about a minute ago, with Heisman favorites. If, if he goes into Tuscaloosa, even if he doesn't even have good stats, if he wins – He's the front runner moving forward with the issues with Jalen Hurts and Tua and everybody else. So 
I respect the pick, and uh, it's a gutsy one to make going up against uh, Nick Saban and the Evil Empire down there. So we'll see what happens. It's got the game of the year so far, without mm-hmm. a doubt, no matter what happens. It's an awesome matchup. Oh, yeah. And uh, before we go to NFL, I did want to throw out an honorable mention. I almost went with Wake Forest minus three at Virginia Tech. Uh, it's a 3.30 game. Uh, I watched Wake Forest last week. Their offense looks great. It's clicking on all cylinders. Their defense is pretty solid. Uh, Virginia Tech, kind of an up-and-down year. Okay, running game. So I might be uh, one to throw in for a teaser. A little, little bonus pick there. Yeah, big big switch here for you, Jack. We're going to move from your, your love. Uh, that is college football. The, uh, what is your first NFL The Wild West. Pick? My first NFL pick, and uh, I did just pull this up about two minutes before we started recording, so a lot of preparation, but I pulled it up, and the first game I saw was the Lions at the Bears. Bears only a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That game screams Lions. I think uh, Matt Stafford is very under the radar, having a great statistical year. The Bears are a dumpster fire i think the lions go into chicago and beat the bears further down i like that i like that pick a lot um gotta gotta have a bounce back savaging mitchell trubisky gotta have a bounce back of this past week where alan robinson alan robinson huge he's he's his own man their defense defense he's savaging eddie jackson another penn stater wow it's all right. Got, you've got to think, sorry, though. Sorry. Fun fact, <laughs> home teams went 10-1 and one last week against the spread. So you got to think we have a bounce back of this for away games. That being said, I'm going to stick it in the NFC North. The Packers hosting the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers only a five-point favorite in a classic Lambeau Field projected weather game 35 degrees a wintry mix on the horizon i don't think this panther team knows what to do with that i know christian mccaffrey's look pretty good but i think the packer defense stifles them up i think aaron Rodgers knows exactly how to handle this sort of weather i love them to win by at least a touchdown packers minus five maddie over to you so interesting choice there but i i i respect it i respect it um, Rogers is your boy. Interesting oh, I, pick. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just Christian McCaffrey is really good. He just beat me in fantasy again. So I'm kind of getting angry at him. He won me some money maybe in DraftKings. Got to uh, maybe you got to maybe you got to do the DraftKings to hedge out your fantasy feelings. Just go full no feeling. <laughs> um, I would I would like to take a look at a, a really fun. I don't get this line, and it's the Browns' favor. Over the Bills. I know the Browns are at home. We, I like their defense. I like Nick Chubb. But they've been a dumpster fire for quite a bit. Um, and yet, I'm going to actually think that, and I, I know I just trashed the Browns, but I keep thinking they're going to have to be good one week. So I'm taking the Browns to cover that against, a, I think, a Bills team that's been a little bit of a house of cards. They have nothing offensively, in my opinion. Their defense is good, but they just can't hang on. And I think, there's a, I think the Browns find a way to win against the Bills at home. In, in what might be a very low-scoring game. Okay. I just like the Browns playmakers a little bit more. So I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to take Freddie Kitchen and his guys. Um, Baker shaved the handlebar mustache off, so he's trying to get 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 into business mode now. So I'm taking I'm taking the Browns. 
All right. All and right. then you come right back around to me again for a second pick. Um, and it's the Miami Dolphins at the Colts. Colts are 10.5-point favorites, but there's no word that Jacoby Brissett's going to play. So at this point in time on Wednesday, I'm comfortable saying that Miami will cover, not win, cover that 10.5 points if Brian Hoyer is a quarterback for the Colts. Miami's playing with a little bit of heart. Like, they are playing for their coach. They're this, supposed to be this tanking team, but I do think they cover, not win, but cover in that game. All righty. All righty. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. I've seen. I've been seeing a lot of uh, different fantasy movement in that game in terms of people picking up running backs, wide receivers. So, not terrible. Yep. Um, kind of a weird, weird uh Line there at ten and a half, especially with, especially with a lot of a lot of injuries. Marlon Mack still banged up. A lot of, a lot of weird unknowns. Yeah, Ty Hilton banged up. Yeah, a lot a lot of question marks around it. So I don't know why it's double jukes. I like that a lot. Um, I'm back back up to me. God, a really shitty week with so many teams on by six teams of the NFL's thirty two teams on by. Um. I really don't like this Rams team. They're playing the Steelers. They're three and a half point favorites on the road. We've got a lot of question marks surrounding the Steelers running running game, whether or not James Conner's gonna play. Jalen Samuels, okay week last week for the Steelers. Um I'm gonna go with the Rams minus three and a half coming off of a bye week. You gotta think. Similarly to to talking about the Browns thinking they're gonna have this dominant week. I know a couple weeks ago they absolutely throttled Atlanta at home. I'm hoping that's what we see here. A Steeler team, 4-4, four and four, really trying to make a playoff push. LA's in a similar boat. I'm mad, I'm sure. We're going to talk about this a lot because I went down a complete rabbit hole in different NFC playoff scenarios. So I'm thinking two teams really trying to play for a win. LA's better, so I'm thinking they're going to cover this spread. I don't like it, but sometimes that's the pick you got to go with. All right. All right. Jack, two for you. All right. Well, uh, like I said, when I scrolled down and saw the Lions on that scoreboard, I loved it. And going against Matt, your pick, I looked at that Browns line. They are a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. That team is a dumpster fire. Freddie Kitchens is drowning in the deep end right now. He needs to be fired. He has no idea what he's doing. It was a bad hire. That team is nothing. Just the utter disappointment that Browns fans feel every year is back, and the Bills are going to drive it home with that defense. (laughs) Josh Allen, I think, is a little underrated, and I think they're going to put up plenty of points and crush the Browns at home. I like it. I like it. Um, By the way, I can works. normally see that. Like I, I, I don't know. I just, I go. I get a gut. My gut said go brown. But I digress. And then uh, for my next pick, I'm going to jump to prime time. Um, the Monday night game, 49ers Seahawks. See, 49ers are a six point favorite at home. That defense is absolutely real. Kyle Shanahan's a great offensive coordinator, but I think the Seahawks come in and they – I think they cover that line. I don't think they 
lose by six. I was gonna say win outright, but I think they cover. Come on, Jack. Um, have some guts. Really, Come on, Jack. They're a really good guts. team. Come on, take them. You want to? Kind of crazy. They I haven't really lost do. on the road yet. The Seahawks. They're three the, and the two. The Seahawks are. And they just added Josh Gordon as well. Who knows what his role is going to be because it always seems like he goes somewhere and everyone gets very excited about him. He doesn't play for a while, has one good game, and then disappears again. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But I think the Seahawks are a real good team. And I think they have a shot starting this week to win the NFC West. Yeah. yeah. Right. I like that a lot. I like that them closing the gap there. Seahawks have an interesting interesting little road um, having to play the the – Arizona Cardinals twice down the stretch for them. Um, I was about to go with with that game. I'm still feeling a little uncomfortable with it. So I'm going to go with this. Uh, I don't like it. I hope that I'm reverse jinxing the Dallas Cowboys. But we saw the Vikings put up an absolute stinker with Kirk Cousins last week. Um, You got to think that that's the sign of the times that he's, you know, the Kirk magic's running out. Dallas coming off of a bye, or no? They just played. They they came off a bye last week. They played very well in the second half against the Giants. Um, was not watching that game, which is why I sort of forgot about it. Uh, but I do think Dallas at home Sunday night. They're going to figure it out. Cowboys only a three point favorite here. I think they cover that spread. Maddie, back around to you. So I'm going to do what Jack couldn't do. I'm going to take the Seahawks to beat the 49ers. Jack, did you, did you, I, didn't, okay. I got confused. Did you take them to win or just to cover? No, I backed down to just to cover. I'm telling you. I do I, think, the, I think the 49ers are good. I think the 49ers are a really good team. I do. They have a great pass rush, as you stated. They did lose Quan Alexander. Their excellent linebacker. That is a loss. Um, I like their offense, although I, we haven't had to see Jimmy G come through when it matters most. I have watched Russell Wilson play football. I was not a Russell guy. Russ guy when, when he first came. I didn't think he was a pocket passer, but I, he has some of the prettiest balls I've ever seen thrown to some of these receivers. Tyler Lockett's the real deal. DK Metcalf is a great, promising young rookie. By the way, Josh Gordon is supposed to play for them. They've got him a great running back in Chris Carson. Their defense has a pass rush. I'm, I'm, I think the 49ers are a playoff team. In fact, I think they, they probably still get the bye. They're probably still the division winner, but I like the Seahawks to upset the 49ers on the road on Monday night. Russell continues to make his push for the MVP. So I'm going I'm going Seahawks in that game. I'm going to take it. Um, I love both teams. It's hard to pick. Okay. But I'll, I'll do it. Um, and I'm going to jump to the Ravens at the Bengals. It's do kind it of that. a fun game to pick because what are the Bengals? It's weird because people are trashing the Bengals, and yet, like, the talent is there, right? Think about Joe Mixon at running back. Everyone likes Joe. You got A.J. Green coming back. Tyler Boyd has looked like the real deal for most of the year. Um, they've got guys on defense like Geno Atkin. I don't know why they're not good, but I'm going to tell you something. This Ravens team is next level. I, Do it. I, I was so impressed what they did against the Patriots. Take I think they easily cover with a rookie quarterback for the Bengals, even with A.J. Green coming back. I know it's a divisional game, and I usually don't pick those, but I'm very impressed with the Ravens. And I think they stop on the Bengals and cover the 10-point spread. Love it. That was actually my next pick. Well, I kept encouraging you to take the pick. Join me. I don't normally pick double-digit NFL games. The Bengals stink. They are awful. Lamar Jackson taking over. He is the Mace Windu of the NFL. 
this purple jersey subbing in for the purple lightsaber. And I think I just think they absolutely blow them out. I think their running game's better, better quarterback. You mentioned the rookie starting for the Bengals. Their defense is absolute garbage, which I think is the huge difference maker here. Joe Mixon might be able to try to get something going, but they're not going to be able to open it up. Maybe he has a good first quarter. Then he goes quietly into the afternoon. Bengals hold him up, or the Ravens hold him up. Bengals don't put up a lot in the second half. They move to 0-9. Ravens move to 7-2, and really putting a uh, stranglehold on a potential route inside track to a bye in the AFC. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm joining you there. Jack, your last two NFL picks. So I'm going to start uh, and uh, another team that I think, similar to the Browns, no one thought it was going to be this bad especially with all the talent they have. The Atlanta Falcons sitting at 1-7, and 0-4 oh on the road in New Orleans. New Orleans is a 13-point favorite in that game. Drew Brees not looking like he was injured at all, leading that offense. I think New Orleans smacks the Falcons around. I think they too. cover that 13-point spread um, and just the plummet the Atlanta Falcons from that is just coming to a fiery wreck. Dan Quinn fired any day now. Um, that is just a mess of a franchise in Atlanta. And so the Saints just add insult to injury to their rival. I like it. And, and I got to And I, and I got to state this. I, I honestly think the Saints are the best team in all of football. Yeah, I think so too. I, I just think that, I mean, I hate it. I, I because mm-hmm. they, they play in the Eagle side, but man, they are really, really good. They're oh, yeah, dominant. There. And then for my last pick, I'm going to go with a bit of a uh, curveball here. I actually just jumped, was scrolling and saw this game and decided I loved it. The Cardinals at the Buccaneers. Uh, the Buccaneers are only a four point favorite. I think they are uh, not a very good team, and Jameis is going to give a Cardinal offense that I think is sneaky good. Uh, is going to give him a lot of opportunities with short fields, as he seems to do. I could see it being high scoring. I see the over under fifty two. I could see it getting up there just because Jameis will throw five interceptions, but he'll also throw for four hundred yards. Um, but I think the Cardinals are sneaky good in a team that is heading in the right direction, and I think they going to Tampa Bay and take down the buck. I like that. I actually almost went with that game. Um, but I'm going to, I'm also going to throw a little curveball in. I'm going to go with the battle of New York giants are two and a half point favorites. I think the jets are really imploding upon themselves. I think Daniel Jones is starting to look like he's getting it together a little bit. Saquon is the real deal. And I think he trips up the jets defense a ton to cover that spread in what's effectively just a neutral site game. It's Giants territory. The old stadium was Giants Stadium. The Jets basically had to protest for MetLife to be the new sponsor. I don't know if that's true or not, so don't quote me on it. Giants cover the two-and-a-half-point spread. All right. I will I will finish yeah. us with the game starting, the game tomorrow night. Ooh. Maybe tonight if you're listening on Thursday. The Chargers were one of my biggest mistakes of the year. I thought they were going to win the division. Uh, they were going to have a, a bye. I, I, I loved the team. I did, and I don't know. I mean, I know what's wrong, but I don't. Some of those weird things. Maybe it's Phil Rivers. Maybe it's 
the injuries, whatnot. Maybe it's the coaching staff. But they do have a massive game against the Raiders. They're not out of anything. So the, it's the NFL. So we're not, no, we're not out of anything yet. And they're only a one-point favorite, as last time I checked, over the future of Las Vegas Raiders. And I know the Raiders are playing really, you know, passionate passion football right now, but I, I still believe in the Chargers. I think they found something last week in that great win against the Packers. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter if they play on the road or at home because they've got no home field advantage. Um, I like the Chargers on Thursday night to beat the Raiders on the road for a huge win to keep them in the playoffs especially. Wow. All right. All right. I get too scared better than choosing the Thursday night football game. Always, uh, it's always, always a little wacky, bit. but yeah. scared money. One point, money. black hole. You know, who knows? It could be, it could be a fun Gruden. game. Knock on wood if you will. Jack, anything else before we let you go, man? Uh, Penn State this weekend. Going to go into uh, Minnesota. Scrappy, up-and-coming team, but uh, I'm, I'm honestly not worried about it. I think Penn State's uh, at a level they haven't been in years where – they are consistently being the teams they should beat, not giving up leads. And I think it's uh, March to number three come next Tuesday. Um, and then two weeks, biggest game of the year, Penn State, Ohio State. I don't want to make a prediction, but I'm optimistic. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Uh, all righty. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun, boys. Dad, Jack. Thank you so much, man. Special thanks again to Jack Stefano for coming on. Matt, happy to have your brother on after years of him and your other brother Kevin chirping us. Glad to have him <laughs> on you to know, uh, defend I, I his do, viewpoint. Yeah, and I do want to say it's really cool for me. So he started out as an, an, a hockey fan, which we respect. That's a good thing. Pod loves hockey. But he went from a hockey fan to a Penn State fan. Mm-hmm. to a Big Ten fan and, and and knowledge master, and now he's really evolved into pretty much just a college football master. Um, so it's been kind of nice for me because I'm tired of getting my dad's archaic and asinine opinions on um, <laughs> college football. It's it's nice to hear from Jack when he's got some intelligence coming out of him. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But No, uh, and it was, good, it was a happy surprise for me because I've obviously always heard him talk about Penn State and the Big Ten in general, he and I usually compare notes when we see each other on a Friday of uh, you know yeah. what games we're betting on or something like that. And I usually just throw the big, the Big Ten ones out there, and uh, I did not realize his wealth of knowledge. So I'm glad to, to have that. Yeah. Originally, kind of as an inside baseball for all you guys as listeners, we're gonna just do the the pick segment and then do like a Big Ten talk with Jack, and then Matt and I were gonna record the rest of it. Matt's like, no, 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 Jack's got this. So happy surprise for me. <laughs> And I and I do think if he's willing to do it again, I mean, I, we'll talk. But I mean, having him on is great. Oh yeah, one of our. One I of almost our asked him. Insiders, he could become. I love that. And you mentioned his hockey fandom. I almost asked him, yeah. "How do we fix the San Jose Sharks?" But I didn't want to uh, end things on a I mean, sour next note. Next time. Next time, yeah. He would really like that, though. So next time, I think we'll bring it up. Maybe it'll be a little better when 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 we talk to him next time. Because right now they're looking like yeah, he um, he's a little focused on uh, to look. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a little focused on uh, the college, the end of the college season. Flyers look great, I, by the way. Understandable. I was there Tuesday they night. They do. So no, I, I'm saying last year. So yeah. That's my, more my point. Kinda hot, or, baby. Anyway, anyway. Anyway, let's but, let's uh, go over to the NFL. Yeah, and, so let's jump in. I mean, first of all, I, I do want to point out to your point. With all the buys, there's just not a lot of like there are a lot of great later games. The early slate, though. Early today, slate sucks. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you would have thought the Falcons Saints was going to be a good game, but it's obviously not. I mean, the you know, Bills Browns, Cleveland ba- uh, Ravens Bengals, Bears Lions, Chargers Raiders, Chiefs Titans, like Jets Giants. I'm just not a fan. Um, but the late games, especially the the Packers Panthers Vikings De- Cowboys and Seahawks 49ers, are huge playoff implication games. Yeah. Even though we're still pretty early in the season, if you will. No, so it's it's interesting you bring that up. So we didn't really obviously the Eagles not playing this weekend. We did not bring them up in picks, but today I was starting to try to do a college basketball you know, research. We were going to try to talk about that a little bit at the end, uh, and it devolved into me looking at the Eagles, where they sit in the hunt, if you will, and how can we make this easier. And I was looking at different schedules, most notably of the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Rams. Uh, Cowboys, Vikings. Obviously, they're going. One team is going to take care of the other this weekend. Uh, it would be better for the Eagles if the if the Vikings won, because it obviously would put the Cowboys at the same record as the Eagles. Coming both teams then having played the bye week, and it also helps out with the common teams game. Both teams obviously would have lost to the Vikings, um, but there's a lot of interesting games that you do have to kind of think about of. Where do these big matchups actually need... Where, where do we need to focus in on these parts of the schedules? The Seahawks-49ers game is one that we really should be thinking about because the Seahawks play... They play the Eagles in two weeks. Uh, the Eagles play the Patriots next week and then we'll play. We'll host the, the Seahawks on Sunday Night Football. They have The Seahawks have one of the more interesting schedules. They play at the Rams, which could turn out to being a good game, depending on how the Rams shake things out. At the Panthers, which I think everybody thought might have been a good game. Um, and then they close things out with the, the Cardinals and the 49ers that if NBC does f- still do the week 17 flex, that might be, you might as well just pencil that in now being the Sunday night week 17 flex to determine a division title, but they might have some of the more focal points, if you will, in the NFC, the Eagles, because of how bad the rest of the division is, it's really the Patriots Seahawks, those next two games. And then the Cowboys game in Week 16, which will probably also be a Sunday Night Football game. The Cowboys, what would be their fourth Sunday Night Football game, yeah, which is kind of lot. crazy to think about. Um, then there's like the Rams, who they play the Cardinals twice to close out the schedule. They are exactly halfway, or no, they they have they're not exactly halfway through. Through oh no, they are. They are five and three. Uh, sweet math guy here. But they play the Steelers this weekend. They play the Ravens, so they have a couple tough NFC North games. But then they also play the Bears. They play the Cardinals twice. They do have to play the 49ers in Week 16, which could also turn into an interesting game. It adds a wrinkle to the 49ers schedule, even though I think right now they're you know they're more in buy talk, like you were talking about in the Pick'em. It's very like it. You're right because we are at the exact halfway mark. We've just entered officially the second half of the NFL schedule, hitting double digits, getting through Week Nine. But it's it's one of those things now that you. If you're an Eagles fan or if you're a fan of the Rams, of the Panthers, or even of the Vikings or Seahawks, you do have to kind of start looking at where some of these openings end up because some teams have played more games against their respective cross-conference opponent. And the reason why that, that ends up mattering is that the Eagles, for instance, all four of their losses have come to NFC opponents, whereas... The Cowboys, one of their losses was to an AFC team. It was to the Jets, which ends up mattering in tiebreakers and stuff like that. 
Same thing with the Vikings. They've lost they've lost to an AFC team, whereas the Eagles are 2-0 against the AFC. Granted, they have to play the Patriots, which the the so did the Cowboys, so that could help. But you know, there there's all that sort of stuff out there. So it's it's I don't know, it's it's one of those things that you can't help not looking at it, especially probably also because we're college football junkies that we have that end game that we're looking at too. So there's a lot of schedule looking, but I don't know. I feel like it's something you can't help yourself now because at the halfway mark, you have to reassess and think, how do we make this thing happen? Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, and that's one of the hard parts too with the NFL is it seems like there's plenty of time left and yet there's not. It seems like you're in it, and yet you know you're you're not, if you will. I mean, some team's gonna make a run, some team's gonna fall apart. That's like the kind of the tougher part with it. Like you got to try to figure out which teams might crumble, mm-hmm. which teams might hang around, um, and and then injuries play such a factor too. And that's where we're starting to that's get a that, good point. that deep part of the schedule right now, where teams are just starting to get beat up, and you're starting to see backups. And it's not necessarily even the quarterbacks. Um, it's offensive linemen. So we don't. We, you hear the big injuries, but you miss the offensive linemen, the backup defensive end, the nickel corner who's out. You know, these are the injuries that start to stack up on teams that you don't realize. It makes a, a leaky run defense, or you know, all of a sudden the quarterback oh he's playing way worse, but he's also getting hit twenty five percent more. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're missing a guard or a tackle, and it, everything's got to work in symphony. So. Some of these teams are also kind of experiencing that injury bug, and and that comes with every team, for the most part, gets the injury bug at some point. Usually, the teams that win it all are the teams that don't get the injury bug a lot of times, not all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting to see how teams navigate that. I think that's where you see really strong organizational structures come into play with depth and leaving in players and, and whatnot. Um, and and it's uh, it's uh, it's hard because the NFL is trying to get rid of injuries, but it's part of the game, it's part of sports. So they're going to happen no matter what you do, what rules you make. Um, you it's can a have sport a that involves tackling football. every play. No, but you can have a non-contact football, yeah, that and too. people will yeah. get injured. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. It's just how the human body. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I, and I do think this is a weird week because of all the bye weeks. Like we talked about that a little bit. We've touched on it a couple times. It also happens to be that a number of the bye week teams are contenders. Texans, Pats, Eagles, even the Jaguars and the Broncos to an extent, I mean, are, are playing, you know, strong football. Um, so that kind of takes the shine off of it a little bit um, coming into this week. But, yeah, uh, it's weird to think that we're already in week 10. Yeah, it's – it goes. It, really fast it's happy but it's also a little sad yeah because it's it's moved so quickly it's kind of crazy to think that college football has or i think we're a month away from almost to uh the college football playoff matchups being determined and the nfl is just only halfway through its regular season um kind of crazy how that all works out i wish uh I wish, just wish we had more of it. I mean, college basketball just started, though. The NBA's really heating up. The NHL's heating up. So it's not, you know, the end all be all, but. Right, right, right. Yeah. Fantasy <laughs> yeah. season's ending um, soon. Yeah. And uh, and it's, uh, it's tough because the next three to four weeks, a number of teams' chances are going to be uh, extinguished, if yeah. you will, um, and kind of go from there. 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, quickly just to wrap things up, since we did not mention the Eagles, they picked up Jordan Matthews today. I love that move. I think he's going to be, he and Carson have always had great, a great rapport. I think that's going to add a, a great wrinkle to the Eagles offense. Uh, yes, I love it. Like I'm a, I, he's a, like you mentioned, he trusts, uh, Carson Wentz, we know they have a good relationship. He trusted him before. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important to me. You know, it's more depth. It allows you to, now you're going to probably see Jeffrey Aguilar and Matthews. That'd be my opinion. That's what I want to see on the field. Up to yeah. when you're not going two tight ends or two running backs. Um, it's going to stretch some players, but I think it's, you don't look. You don't need a deep threat. I, I keep going back to this. You don't need a deep threat to win in the NFL. That's the first thing I. Um, you know, that's the that's the first thing. I, I, people have this ex- expectation. Well, without Deshaun Jackson, we we can't win. Um, I also want to say this, and like you know, I'm a huge Carson fan. Um, everyone's saying that we don't get we like. He doesn't have weapons, and I'm not disagreeing that there's issues. But Lamar Jackson's best play, best receiver is what Willie Sneed. Yep. Like, you know, um, Julian Edelman's great, but other than Julian Edelman, who the heck is 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 Tom Brady throwing to? I do want to point out that we do need Carson to be the star, and and that's what his contract now expects him to be the star. He's got an All-Pro tight end, another starting caliber tight end, a great offensive line. Two solid running backs, minimum, minimum, and enough receiving to get by. Like it's time for him to. He's got to play great, and he's got to make plays with his legs. He's got to throw. You know, it's time to put up a little bit. I think um, we need our guy for the rest of the year to kind of drag this team to where it needs to go. I don't know. That's just how I feel about Carson no, no, at the no. moment. I, I agree with him. that as well. I, him, but... I agree with that as well. I think we also need. Some sort of big defensive front stand of a game. I don't know who that's going to come up against. If We have to wait until the Dolphins game in a few weeks to see that. Just because of what Tom Brady can ultimately do and the, the mobile ability that Russell Wilson has. I know he hasn't been as mobile recently, but I mean that's always a threat. It's always something that we have to keep an eye out on. But I don't know. I feel like we need to see one of those games too to feel for me to feel more confident in the defense. Um because I yeah. know the secondary has always been a problem, has been since before even the Super Bowl run. Um, I know they've been better, and as Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby get more and more healthy, get more and more reps, they're going to look better. But it's still going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. There's still a little bit of a liability. So I think that front seven, if they can get back to that, just not even dominance, just that in-your-face, take-no-prisoners attitude that we saw two years ago, and, and for the and for a good amount last year, I think, I think that adds so much more to it as well. And, I'm sure there's a bit of synergy of offense and defense. One plays well, the other's going to start playing well too. So maybe, I don't know who needs to start it, hopefully both at the same time, but hopefully that the, there's some sort of statement <laughs> that's made next week against Tom Brady and the Patriots. I'm sure we'll talk about that ad nauseum next week. Uh, right now, as a little tease, I think we tentatively have my, my good buddy Mike Clark, who is a Patriots fan, to come on as our guest picker uh, to confirm, depending on what day we end up doing next week, uh, for him to come on. Uh, and if not, he'll come on another week. And depending on how that, that game goes, he might have a little some bragging rights. Maybe we have some bragging rights to uh, to go with there. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I, but, I'll be a great, great, great. Go ahead. No, I was going to say anything else before we wrap up. 
No, a lot of sports going on right now. I got a little sports overload. I know we didn't touch college basketball. I I, I can't say I can speak pretty highly on it. Yeah, we we'll hit, we'll hit it. We'll hit it. We'll hit it one of these next couple weeks. We'll, we'll yeah. get a little bit more into it. We'll start figuring out what's going on. Yeah, I mentioned I, I started to try to get a little research in. I kind of fell down a rabbit hole of this playoff scenarios and everything. Um, between that, I was at the Flyers game last night. I had an eye out on those those top four games. Um, I know I kept an eye out. I saw Lehigh lost to Monmouth. They were favored at home. Lehigh women won tonight, so they're um, they're supposed to be pretty good. They're, they're apparently the preseason favorite for the Patriot League. But yeah, we'll we'll get college basketball in at at uh, in depth yes. more. I know Greg is back from his honeymoon. He it was in Hawaii for the week last week. So hopefully he and I start to get some hockey stuff together. I know we talked with Kiefer about doing hockey stuff next week. Uh, so hopefully that, you know, we're really starting to ramp things up here at the Thunderblog. So keep an eye out, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yeah, sounds good. But Matty D, thank you so much, buddy. This was a ton of fun. Of course. All right. Of course. Always is. All righty. Well, everybody go like, share, subscribe to the podcast, search the bullpen cart, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports, and Instagram and Facebook. Just like the website, thunderblogsports.com. For my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. And fly, Eagles, fly.